Hi, this is Patty Negri, and you're listening to The Witching Hour on My Paranormal Network. Hi, welcome to The Witching Hour. I'm Patty Negri, psychic, medium, and good witch, and your guide for this hour journey into the other world. You might know me from my regular appearances on the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures, or from my other TV shows or appearances, or from my book, Old World Magic for the Modern World. What is the witching hour, you may ask? (laughs) The witching hour is actually that hour late at night, somewhere between midnight and 3 a.m., where the veil is thinnest and magic happens. This witching hour is about you and ways to make a little more magic into your life. Every week, I'm going to bring you my lifetime of spiritual experiences, education, and the paranormal, along with amazing guests who are leaders and experts in their field from all over the world. Thought-provoking, entertaining, and informational chats with people who are absolute best in magic, spirituality, the occult, metaphysics, and all things supernatural. So thank you for joining me here in The Witching Hour. Remember, magic is everywhere. You just gotta look sometimes. I am so excited and honored to bring my very first guest, my friend and fellow witch, Sal Santoro. Sal is the co-owner of The Crooked Path in Los Angeles. With over 30 years of experience, Sal has practiced various occult systems, giving him the ability to combine structures and systems cohesively for practical ritual magic. His studies include traditional witchcraft, ceremonial magic, planetary magic, voodoo, and spellcraft. He specializes in teaching courses that demystify the misunderstood craft. So welcome, Sal Santoro. Hi. Hi. How's it going? It is good. It is good. I'm so happy. on the new show. Thank you. I'm very, very excited. And and this is my first one. So if there's any little glitches, we'll get rid of them along the way. You were on the show before and it was great. And everyone just loved the episode. And we thought this time we would even talk a little bit more about spellcrafting because I know that's super one of your expertises and stuff. So for we have a lot of witchy types out there, but that we have a lot of not witchy types. So what exactly is your word? What is spellcasting? What is um, spell casting, the way I summarize it, everybody's got their own version of things. I don't, first and foremost, I don't like saying that my way is the way. My way is my way. And it doesn't mean that people need to necessarily agree with it. Um, they might have their own version that works for them. And I believe that that's really most important. Um, but when I'm thinking of spellcraft, I am calling it spellcraft because I am utilizing key components to cause change with will. Um, this is, I, I, you know, some people want to summarize it kind of almost kind of like affirmations, but it's not. Affirmation is kind of like putting something out there and letting the universe bring it to you in its time. Um, it's 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 setting a path for you, you know, to, for goals. Spellcraft is not that way for me. Spellcraft is actually coming in and bending time and will to make things manifest for you when you need them. And I do that um, more traditionally. I do it um, through planetary magic. Um, and I use the color the color phases of the tree of life in Kabbalah um, in the more in the Briotic scale. And um, I associate them with the seven ancient planets that also cross correlate to the days of the week and the hours in the day. 
Um, I've been really, as of late, been really trying to let people see that um, using phases of moon is not always the only way to do something. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing witchcraft, so it's going to be going on and I need to do this in a waxing moon because it's something that's growing in my life or a waning moon because it's something I'm trying to get rid of in my life. Um, you know, I'm thankful for the abundance, so I'm bringing it to the full moon. This is all great stuff. But for me, I, I believe that it, it makes it almost too narrow of a margin. And when you use planetary magic, your hours and days of the week um, associate to those planets. And you can hit a planet for specific workings at th three different times during any day of the week. Um, there are times when it's better, you know, better than other times, of course. You know, if like you're saying you were doing a, a working in Mercury because you're trying to create communication, then um, you you could do it in the Mercury hour and the Mercury day. But if you're, say you're wanting to do the spell because you're trying to get, con you're doing a Mercury working to get contracts signed and you have to have these contracts signed on Friday, and it's Thursday afternoon. Do you want to wait till Wednesday to do the work in Mercury? So when you work in planetary magic, it 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 gives you more space to do the work. Where you're working in a lunar perspective, you have you have to wait for the phase of Moon. If you're on the other side of the Moon phases, you're waiting weeks. So planetary magic is hours and days of the week, every week. And so all people, you know, what, uh, what I've been trying to really show people is every planet is governed by a series of intentions and needs. And um, as long as you, you know that, that system, then you can start tapping into the, the planetary hours and days. Okay, so someone that's that we're getting astro astrologically, uh, obviously, with planetary stuff. So if somebody is new to this, and so they're a baby, a beginner on that, um, is there any way you would lead them to a direction what to do oh, on doing um, it their own? I've led people, um, you know, that, that come in every day. That's what we, that's what we're doing where we actually sell a graph system. Um, one of the, one of the little cheater ways of doing it is, um, there's actually an application that you can get on your smartphone now. It's called mm -hmm. planetary hours. And when you go to that application, it shows you the, the hours of the days of the week. See, that the thing that gets a little bit dusty about it, I'm going to show you something if I can show you on the screen. We have, so I've created a chart that you can pick up at the store, and it shows you what each planet does magically. Like, for instance, if, I was, if you were to be working with lunar energy, lunar energy is really good for divination, prophetic dream work, purification, um, glamoury and impulse where now if you're looking at Mars Mars is more passion lust war defense unbinding removal getting rid of it it's it, it's it's more of your aggressive workings that you're doing there communication is Wednesday so now when you think about any anything like if you're trying to communicate with people like say you're having a problem and you're not sharing communication. Maybe you're in a relationship where you're just not getting through to one another. Communication is there, so you're going to go into Mercury for that. Mercury is also really good if you're signing any type of contracts. 
any type of agreement. Um, it's really good for technology. Um, you'd be working with technologies. You're going to be working in that. And it's also really good in mathematics and in the arts. So that's a really good plan. It's a very popular planet for a lot of people to do their workings in. Um, Thursday is Jupiter. And that is more about, um, actually, it's used for real estate. Like buying and selling homes is really good in Jupiter. Um, prosperity is really good. Um, you know, constant flows of money, new jobs, new, new, you know, new money coming in regularly, um, expansion, expansion in your life and business and, you know, moving into new, new environments, um, leadership, very Jupiter. And, and, you know, again, advancement is really super important. Also, um, judicial work. If you're wanting to deal with court cases, you're wanting to deal with, um, you know, having to judge, you know, hear your, hear your plea, which is mercurial, but to, to win a court case, you really want to stay in, in, in Jupiter for that as well. Um, Friday is, is, well, a lot of people think of Venus, they think of love, but Friday is, as far as Venus goes, it's not just love. Venus attracts what you need. So it's the attractor of objects. So if you need a new car, a new new shoes, you know, a, a new computer, um, you're doing spell work to manifest and work with that. Then you'd be going into Ju uh, into Venus to pull that in. It also is really good for love, but maybe not necessarily love that's romantic. Um, it could be the love of self when people have problems loving themselves. Um, this is where you start getting into um, the love of agape, okay, which is the love of the gods coming down to you, you know, and, and being in that energy. Um, so pure love, unadulterated love is really good there. Um, it's also good for, for beauty and bounty. So you'll see some of them cross into one another. But, but at the same time, they also have their own individuals. Saturn is a big one. Saturn is, is Saturday. And when you're thinking about Saturn Day or Saturday, um, you're really uh, more, you're um, uncrossing a situation, making something no longer be a certain way, uncrossing it so it, it makes things start to flow again. Um, it's also really good for grounding work um, when people tend to be kind of spazzy and, you know, you want to pull in grounding energy. It's also really great for binding. Um, so this is where we start to use it for um, stopping someone from harming another person or harming, you know, maybe in some cases themselves, binding some agents to stop from coming into their life. Um, and it's also another great one for Patty because it is communication with the dead. That's what Saturn is for. It's the great communicator with the other side. Um, then you've got Sunday. Sunday is you're dealing with attraction. You're dealing with success as well. Um, success a little bit more on the heavy side of that. You see more attraction of things in Venus, but it still can work in some solar energy as well. Um, it, it's definitely success. It's also really good for healing. Um, when we do healing work in ceremonial magic, we'll all, uh, very often go to the East 
because the east is where the sun rises. And when sun is in your face, it's a very healing energy. This is also Raphael, the archangel. Um, so your healing energy can come off the planet, the, the, the sun. Um, it's also great for spiritual illumination, working with the male energy, um, the god, the god energy. Uh, it's really good for cleansing. It's really great for courage. So you see, once you learn these seven planets, now you just tap into what you need to do. So in the case of the other day, you brought a, you know, you're with a friend and mm -hmm. I helped her figure out a situation. Um, so I was combining planets. So as you get more advanced in this, you can start learning how to correlate multiple planets to get work done. This is where a lot of times where you see three color candles because these are planet, these is all planetary hours that you want to burn these in. Um, a lot of times if, if I look at the main topic, like um, let's say um, contracts need to be signed for a huge deal that's coming, okay? That huge deal will bring prosperity and it will bring success if it gets signed. So we know it's for the foundation of it is, is in Mercury. But also, you want to bring in prosperity of Jupiter. So if you're in the day of Mercury, you can light a candle in the Jupiter hour. And then you can light a candle again in the solar hour that all coincides with the Mercury work that you're trying to do. Does that make sense? Yes, it's beautiful. Well, basically, the, the, the basic concepts of planetary magic. You know, and but you can go as far as it goes much deeper than that. I mean, it gets more into Kabbalah and ceremonial magic. You're going to get more into sounds and battery and tones, color spectrums, what you wear, um, planetary kameas, which are our planetary squares with a certain sum of numbers in each in each square. They're made up of small squares with these certain numbers in them. And when you add up those numbers horizontally or diagonally, they're going to come to the same sum, which is the mathematical equivalent to that planet. And these are there's seven of those kinetic squares. So you take that square in in question, say maybe the Mercury square, and you can create um, a sentence or maybe even just your name. You can simplify it, make it really easy. Take your name. And I, I need to get this work. So you, you write out Patty and then you write out Negri. And then what you do is you, there's, there's a graphing system that cross correlates the letters in the alphabet to the numbers. And then you take those numbers and, you know, you write it out, your, your name in numbers, put it in front of you and then start tracing that on a piece of paper over the grid that you have for the command square and you'll come up with a, with a sigil with a marking. And when you have that marking, now you anoint that with oil, you anoint it with herbs, you can burn it, you can put it in a gri-gri bag. So these, this, it's, it's, there's so much ways that we found on this. 
I love that because I again, it's uh, what's really funny is that we had the same teacher at the beginning, George George Derby, our same mentor, but we our paths are very very different. I'm you are the spellcaster of all spellcasters. I'm very simplistic in my work, very elemental in my work. Mm. I work I, a lot with sigils too. I like shapens. I use more spare sigils and things, but I'm I'm coming in and getting all your charts. Mm. <laughs> you work with Austin Spare. Well, I do. I work with the spare sigils a lot. Yeah, in my magic, I right. the best. Yes, the best. Yeah. Um, but I'm not real ceremonial. My stuff. I'm I'm more like rolling around on the grass kind of stuff. So I love what you do. So again, like you said in the beginning, there's many types to do it. So you, your store is in Los Angeles, Burbank area. Yeah. Our listeners are everywhere. Um, for those who can't come in, do you do stuff over over the phone or video or not? You do yeah. spell working. I do, I do working for clients astrally, sure. Um, but as far as the retail end of our business goes, we do a lot of sales cross country right now and we're actually bridging into Europe as well. Good. We're buying nice. our products. And uh, we got some really neat, really cool things that are coming down the line very quickly actually that are gonna be in the store. But yeah, um, I do a lot of work with people. Um, like right now I've got a client in Northern California I'm doing workings for her like most most nights during the week um i really try to um it, it's it's strange but um i try to talk people out of hiring me <laughs> i really do i i i i'm not a money person um i mean obviously i need it to live and we all do um and it's hard times right now but i i try to get people to do the work themselves when they come in the store, they talk to me on the phone um, because one of the hardest problems with spellcraft is people, most people that aren't like serious practitioners don't understand that magic is nonlinear, meaning it doesn't work in our time. It doesn't work in, you know, I need this done in five days. It doesn't work that way. Um, magic is a nonlinear action. So it's a very, very nonlinear in its science. You know, it's, you put it out there and, you know, I've literally done spell work where I've done one thing and all of a sudden it goes, whoa, goes completely the other direction. But macrocosmically, after it's all said and done, there's a reason why it did that. You know, there was a huge jump in space that was completely outside what the working was that I was asking for, but it it, it, it pays up in the end. Right. So, but also it's not like you don't, don't look for spell work to do things for you so you can sit on the couch and play video games. You you gotta you gotta do the work in our realm in our time, and that's not a cop out answer saying, "Oh, do a spell and then go look for a job." Sure, you have to look for a job, but it's gonna be working for you, and it does do its it do its work. But it's just not you you can't depend on it to um, be in this allotment of time. Right. You know, because magic doesn't see doesn't work in that realm. So I have to sit when somebody hires me, and I I'm say I say okay I get X amount of dollars for doing this. And it's I, I get paid really well. Um, but prefacing that, I always say this is what you're looking at. 
This could be three days, three months, not at all. It could flip a different direction. You have to look at all, everything going on around you in your life in the macrocosmic sense. And once you, once you do that, if you're ready to commit now to do the spell work, then step up and we can do it. And more times than not, they still do it. Yeah. You know, and you know, people are like, what's your percentile rate of spellcraft? And I hate that, but I, but it's true. You have to know. I mean, I think that my, my, my percentage rate of successful spell work, I say it's between like 43 and 52%, you know? Um, and, but, but when I'm doing spell work, it's not just me getting a candle and burning it. It takes me a week to prep a spell. I have to know so many aspects of the person's psychosis and, you know, where their brain is at, what they're going through in their life, what is affecting them around in their immediate environment. How are they responding to, to certain things in their life? It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a huge job. So even though the work that I usually do is in reality, I usually do the spell, actual spell working in three to four hours. But leading up to those four hours is a week of me prepping it. Right. And then my clients at my clients get photographs as it goes. So through the spell, I'm shooting pictures. And then they get like 15 pictures of the of the way the spell is moving and how it manifests. Oh, that's beautiful. That is that is that is beautiful. So say if someone come in um, and they want to try their own, they're a, a young magical practitioner of somehow or they're in tune with spirit, however they see it. Um, how would you lead them to start? Say, OK, let's go with the most normal. I want a love spell, not on anybody specific, but I'm tired of picking the wrong person and I need love in my life. And hi, my name's Fred. I need a love spell. Yeah. <laughs> I would, um, if they're not magical practitioners, but they want to get spell work done, I usually take them through a seven-day spell uh, candle. Um, when you buy a seven-day candle, they're called seven days for a reason. They're, even though um, a lot of times they don't burn exactly seven days, they're, they're generally supposed to move through the seven-day period of the week and cover all the planets. That's why they're made that way. So I would probably bring them over to the candle bar and I, first thing I would, I would do is I would use Love Uncrossing Oil, which is a blend that I, I make specifically that makes them open and available for the love that they're, they're looking for. Then I usually bring in Come To Me and I bring in um, some romantic scents and oils that I use. And then I'll go over and I'll grab um, certain herbs that will correlate planetarily to that same need. I would I set it all up for them and I give them flashing. Um, flashing is, is more commonly known as glitter. Um, glitter actually has a real serious purpose. It's not just pretty. Um, it, it, again, that goes back into ceremonial magic and I'll tell you more about that in a moment. But when I set it all up for them and then I walked them through the paces to go ahead and um, create this candle. Then uh, after that, I, you know, when they're putting the herbs and the oils on the candle, I'm teaching them how to invoke energy in or banish with it, depending on their work that they're doing. Um, in this case, if it was for love, you'd be invoking, you know, the powers of Venus. And um, just by the way they're moving it, and then they take the herbs and they put them in their hands and I have them create an, a ball of energy between their hands and like a cushion 
with the with a small amount of the herbs in the center of the hand, and then I have them invoke clockwise in the herb and really have them invoke within them feelings. Um, a lot of people, when they think of spells, they're always asking me about incantations. Not everybody is a lyricist or a limbicist. Um, and intent, you know, your intention is your enchantment. You, you really have got to, if this person wants this bad enough, I tell them after they've made the candle, I then take them over to the counter and I set them up at the exact time to light it. And I, and I explain to them that, you know, ideally this needs to be lit seven days straight. Now, some people are very against that because they don't want to leave candles lit because they have had certain experiences. And I try to explain to them if they've got a fireplace, that's the best place for it. Um, if they can, if they leave the house, you know, fill the sink up about two inches with water, put the can glass candle in that. Um, they're not open candles, they're in glass cylinders. Um, you know, but if they have to put it out, um, it's going to affect the planetary table. But at the end, at the end, if you know, I, I don't want to talk somebody out of doing certain things. You know what I mean? Right. If they're, they're feeling they need to do then they need to supersede my suggestion. Um, but once that's all set up, the intention is the most important part because now if this person wants love and they want that partner that they, they, they so desire that you and I both have, yeah. no, they don't have. So I tell them, go get a piece of paper and that's your parchment. Parchment does not have to be some crazy animal skin or yeah. it doesn't have to be burnt on the edges. Um, the best parchment pa paper, coincidentally, is brown paper bag, trash bag. Oh. Like when you get from the garbage, the grocery store, yeah. you just cut a panel of it out and use the reverse side with nothing on it. Great for parchment. So get that and then invoke the pen. So feel the place that you want to fill in your heart. Feel tears form in your eyes of joy when you think of the perfect love in your life. Um, the completion, all the great things that are going to come from this love and start writing about that, writing it out. Give, give yourself a couple sentences to maybe a paragraph or more if you want to, you know, and just push that energy in, fold it up, fold it in half, place it underneath the seven day candle and light it at the appropriate hour. Um, then I explain to them, you know, when that is, I usually, I, I'll usually go in and pull up a number at the times that they have, I give them different choices for whatever works best for their schedule. And some, a lot of times they want to know how I'm doing that. So then I turn them onto the application that I have on my phone as well. So that's what I would do. That is beautiful. That is a, that is a beautiful love spell. Um, and that's getting much more similar to what I work again with with sands all the planets and stuff that I just don't have a, quite a handle on yet. Yeah. Um, but it's, and, and you're putting their energy into it as well. That is what's yeah. great. Cause, cause no one's going to have the passion that they are. That's why when I do workings with people, it's like, wouldn't you do it with me at very least? You know, it's like, I need your energy. Exactly. So. That's super, super important that, that people put that energy in, you know, um, it, it, it is. And what, once you have, this basic structure down, it's fast. Yeah. It gets things done. Yeah. 
I, and and that fits in actually because uh, I work in in all my workings. I work with that basic mind, body, spirit philosophy mm-hmm. that you know twenty thousand books are written about psychology books, spiritual books, new age books, occult books, mind, body, spirit. You have to you have all three, and you kind of get what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that everything that you do fits right into it. Mind, of course, you have to believe it. You're never going to surpass our own belief systems, no matter what. If you sit there, I'm not going to find love you're going to keep yourself from finding love. You know, the body part is you have to take action, just exactly what you said. You don't sit on the couch to get a job. You do both. Um, And the spirit, to me, that's the part that people don't get. And that's where magic comes in. You could do it lots of other ways. Somebody could do it by, I guess, their belief system. If you believe going to church and praying, that could be your spirit. If you are real new age and you're doing affirmations and vision boards, great. Or you take the spell working and you're working with the herbs and the oils and the planets and things. But I, I, I really have people go through their whole life and look at the stuff that's come together for you. You've, you've had all three, mind, body, spirit. You've believed it, you've taken action, and you had some form of magic. It didn't have to be a met or, or faith, whatever, behind it. And the stuff that hasn't come to fruition for you yet, you're just missing one of the two. Either you're really not believing it, you're not taking action, or there is no magic in many senses of the words behind it. So I love that you. that's how you go into philosophy. And I bet you your spell working is really great odds but how do you find out about it people ask me that too even on my psychic stuff what is your percentage rail it's like do you go back and talk to everybody you've worked with people come back that's a good sign (laughs) i I stay in touch i you know what you know this is the weirdest thing but you know what my most successful spells are what getting couples to conceive oh baby maker yeah like a lot i mean i had a girl that came into the store the first six months we were open at the other shop and she was from Russia and she could hardly speak any English. And she's like, I want husband and baby. And this, that's all she could talk about. <laughs> she, you know, and then we, she checked in with me a couple times. I gave her a spell and now she is a mother of a two year old and she's married. And it, it, you know, and she's like, your candle did this, you know, and that's happened four times now. Wow. So, couples hit and it it manifests. Um, One of the things I do want to tell people um, is people are like, what about spells in books? My version, my view of that is the only spells that are out there are the ones you haven't written yet. You know what I mean? I, I don't believe in, you know, because something rhymes and it tells me, you know, I'm grabbing this book and it's telling me to do this, this and this and stand on my stand on one foot and, you know, look at the moon and do, you know, that's and say this rhyme. And it, that's not a spell. That's somebody else's work. You know, your a spell is truly coming from your passion. It's coming from you invoking that energy in it. And planetary magic is a huge huge part of it but it's not the only part of it you know this is also where we sorry this is also where um you start talking about um i talked about this on my show two weeks ago actually um sympathetic magic and homeopathic magic folk magic when you know you know back in the day people believed that if they wanted to be smarter they would eat walnuts do you know why that was? Probably because there's something in the walnuts that's good for your brain. Well, because it, it looks like a brain when you open it. Oh, because yeah. 
So people associate with like, okay, the walnut, the brain, lungwort. They thought this is if you have any problems breathing, lungwort looks like a lung with spots. There you go. So this is actually true concepts on homeopathy. You know, not as we know it today, but in we're talking about in like tribal times, nomadic times. And the other one is sympathy, sympathetic. Um, So this is where when you say sympathetic now, you're you're talking about um, getting an object that belongs to a person and you utilize it because it has their essence on it. And you you actually use that as part of the spell that you're creating. Um, you know, when you like when I make puppets, which is another one of my big jobs is making puppets for people. A puppet is basically a uh, a wax doll, and I create a wax. When I create them, I, I make them in a mold that I had specifically made, and I can enchant that doll and make it basically an egregore of the individual that I'm trying to work on. And um, you can do that via maybe getting a t-shirt, you know. Now we're getting into a little devious magic. I'm getting a little bit more intense, but you know, I'm looking at the different spectrums here. So you take a t-shirt and it's stained in the armpit area. You cut that area out and you, you put that in a double broiling system on your stove and boil that in a little bit of water and you mix in astrological oils and herbs that correlate to the individual and the need you're doing. And then it starts to collect a film around the inside of the pan. You scrape that and you keep concentrating it down. And when you do that, now you've got the essence and you put that in the doll. Or you take a photograph and um, signatures or they write something about themselves in, you know, on a picture. You take that, not, I, I'll light that on fire, burn that to you, ash, put the ash in the liquid wax when I'm forming the doll. So these are, this, is, this is a way of doing, this is what sympathetic magic is. It's using objects or parts of a person or something close to them to connect. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. It can be, but it also can be devious. It also can be, it's double-sided. You know what I mean? You've got to know how you do it. Um, You know, and I have my own stances on, on where I sit with all that stuff. And, you know, it's my own, it's my own system. I I don't push it on other people, but, you know, I have my own belief on what I do. You know, I'm also, you know, being the person that I am and, and the job that I have, I, I always, when people ask me what I do, I always think of like, almost like metaphorically, I've got, a, I've got like a hat rack in the corner and one hat does this, one hat is a banker, one hat is a therapist, one hat, you know, can be, you know, different things for different reasons. And that's when I come in, I put that hat on and then I do the work for you in that situation. So I cover different bases you know i do a lot i do a lot with um um i've you know helping people out i've 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 done some some spell work that's that's heavy um i've done binding spells before for clients on other people um i had a a person that was being abused 
uh, physically by, by a man. And I bound him and stopped the situation from happening and just made him dormant. So, you know, these things come up. Yeah. And you're a professional and you know what you're doing, of course, and how to handle it. Is there so is do you have any warnings for people on their own who want to go into more sketchy magic of sorts? Well, you know, yeah, you really it's 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 the whole it's the whole idea of, you know, the kid wants a you know, the kid wants a bicycle. But by the end of the day on the bicycle, he wants to drive his dad's car. You know, you're just not ready to do that. You know, you've got to have a background in what you do. I mean, you've got to have years under your belt and you have to be able to be analytical. Um, you have to, sometimes you have to be non-emotional. Like when I'm doing what I'm doing, I have to approach the bench in a certain way. I've done spellcraft for clientele where I've, I've prepped the work and then Right as I'm getting ready to do my work, something just like smacks me in the back of the head and says, back up. And then I back up. And then I, when that one time that happened specifically, I stepped away. And then I went back to it 24 hours later and did it. But it was like I had to reassess my mind. I had to reassess my psyche, look at what I'm doing, where this is, what, what this is going to do. It's a ripple effect. You know, you have to be responsible. And I, I always tell people, some people don't like hearing this, but witchcraft is like a firearm to me. It's like a gun. And a gun is an object until it's picked up. You know what I mean? It's great to read about until it's in your hand. And, you know, when you pick up that firearm, what's the first thing you're going to do? And when I see a firearm on a table, the first thing I'm going to do is clear the action take the take the ammunition out of it and make it not and not dangerous because somebody else doesn't need to pick that up so when you work magic you have to you have to assess your situation you have to treat magic like like a, like a very important tool in your in your work and if you misuse it it's going to bite you in the ass you know you and i'm i'm not a big hanger up of karma i i i, I i'm very careful in how I choose those words. Um, cause and effect is a very serious thing though. Um, but I, you know, as, as a witch and a cultist, um, when I do my work, I have three tenants that I stay with. Okay. There's first off, there's four tenants in witchcraft and that, but there's three tenants that I stay with outside of those in spell work. Okay. Um, the four tenants of witchcraft are will, faith, imagination, and secrecy. You need those four things because they create the foundation of witchcraft. Okay. Um, the other three that I use in spell work is no fear, no guilt, and no self-doubt. And when I step up to a play and I do my job, if there's an ounce of doubt in my work or if I have a thought that this is not the right thing to be doing, I listen. And I step away. It yeah. puts me in check. You know, I have to have those three things have to have to run. You know, when a client comes to me and says, I need you to do this, I'm so mad at this person. I want them to go away and do this and that. I completely am a different person. You know, I'm like putting all my checks and balances. When when you talk to me in the store and I'm doing my job, I have a responsibility to my community to 
um, witches all around the world and occultists. I have a responsibility to people that are trying to understand. And yeah. um, I, so I have to constantly be assessing what's going on in, in the work that I do. Yeah, no, and I love that. And I love, again, it's a, it's an integrity thing. It really is an integrity. And I'm, I use the words, I don't use the words karma either. That's not in the crap. That's a, it, it's, but I do use cause and effect, action and reaction, because everything you do causes something. Oh. You know, because I use, like, say you, you're wanting water to come down from a mountain and it goes down to the village, but you want to get some of it off to come up to your house on top of the mountain too. You have to take that consideration some of the pipes, if you take all the water, now the village doesn't have any, but you yeah. could take half of the water and then you have your water and they have water. Yeah. Again, it's it's like putting all that into yeah. consideration is how I do it. Again, yeah. not using comma, but everything has an effect and a ripple and what, how you're doing and put thought into it. Okay, well, before we go, we it is a new year. Last year was a doozy to put it lightly. Um, any advice or suggestions or thoughts for people how to go into this new year? Any ideas or thoughts? Um, you know, we've all gone through a really bad time. I mean, the, we, see, we, see the, we see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, amen. and uh, we, one of my favorite little quotes about lights at the end of tunnels was from Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. He said at the end of one of his songs, always look for the light at the end of the tunnel because that light may be you. And it's true, but with that, <laughs> um, we need to look at this as not such a bad thing. I mean, you have to take life as what it is. We have lost a lot of people. We've lost um, a lot of time. We've all gotten a year older. Um, where our country is going through a lot of craziness right now. Um, globally, the world is telling us to look at what we're doing to it. You know, I, I think that we have to take our lessons and um, learn from this. Um, COVID was devastating. It is devastating. You know, so is the bubonic plague. Um, but we, we have to move forward. We can't, we can't hate the past. We have to, with everything that hurts, there's knowledge to be gained. You know, we have to just remember that we're people and everybody's got a heart and everybody's feeling and we're who we've got you know the world is, that's what we've got we've got each other so we have to step into 2021 without any any you know way of looking at someone and pointing fingers it's not the time for that anymore now's the time to start fresh and just be good to one another I think that's really what it's about. And learn from, learn about, you know, look at Greta. And that little girl's got a brain on her, man. She's right. Look what she's talk, telling us. The world is melting. The world is falling apart. You know, there's it, these things are all popping off around us because the goddess is like, hey, you know, she's basically spanking us. <laughs> she's kicking our butts. And yeah. that's what's going on here, you know. So we need to we need to recognize that. And we need to be better, better people better to ourselves and each other. That's, uh, amen to that. <laughs> no, that's my thoughts too. This was a big wake up call. This yeah. was a big wake up call going, 
wake up more than anything else. So we had to stop. Change in itself, even though this was a tough lesson, I think the gods, goddess, whatever was like shaking us, we didn't hear it. Shake us a little higher, we didn't hear it. Shake us. And now it's a slap across the face. And so, but, but my thing of coming into the new year as we come out of this, and we will come out of it, is to keep that awareness, like you said. It's not going by rote, automatic pilot, same as it always was. There is no always was. Let's make it something better. So so it's a new year. Let's make it something better, everybody. And we drive our own ship, you know. Yeah. Don't be a sheep. Drive your own ship. Yeah. <laughs> your actions and yourself. Yeah. Um, so before we go, so tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your shop, your social media. All the social medias. Okay, so first and foremost, um, you can go. Um, <laughs> the, you can go to the Crooked Path Shop That's our official website. The store is at 2020 West Magnolia Boulevard in the city of Burbank, California, on the corner of Magnolia and Keystone. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the Crooked Path underscore LA. Um, me more specifically, you can check out um, Betwixt the Shadows. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, but B E T, as in Tom, W I X T, the Shadows. And that is betwixttheshadows.com. I've got a YouTube channel every Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Um, myself and Renee Watt, um, my co host and tarot reader and astrologer. Um, go live every Wednesday. We do an hour to an hour and a half segment and people can call in and ask questions. So that's the best way to, to get a hold of me, definitely, Betwixt the Shadows. That's also on Instagram. And like I said, the web- website is betwixttheshadows.com. So those are the ways to find me for sure. My name is Patty Negri. Thank you again for listening to The Witching Hour. You can find The Witching Hour on all the usual podcast places, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, and the rest. You could also find me at pattynegri.com. On social media, I'm at Patty Negri, Patty.Negri, at Patty Negri, and Patty Negri Psychic Medium. Find my YouTube page and always come back to The Witching Hour, where there's always magic. Thanks. My paranormal network.